Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, August 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. It has been a wild few days in college sports, and at least now there is a little clarity. The Big 12, SEC, and ACC plan to play football in other sports this fall. The Big 10 and Pac-12 do not because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Big 12 decision became official today, and you'll hear from Commissioner Bob Bowlesby on today's show. But first, Kellis Robinette, who covers Kansas State, and I talk about the past few days with all the uncertainty, the arguments for and against playing, and how the Big 12 reached its decision. So here we go with Kellis. In the end, uh, Kellis, where we stand here on August 12th with Big 12 football is kind of where we've been the whole time, with the exception of one non-conference opponent for K-State and and some other Big 12 teams. They were always going to just play one non-conference opponent, but but that didn't prevent the previous couple of days, I guess actually starting late last week, from being kind of crazy and almost tumultuous for for college sports but i just kind of think you know we we are where we thought we were going to be with big 12 football it just maybe took a little uh um i don't know a lot of thought from the big 12 to get there what do you think yeah they pretty much took the wildest detour possible to come to uh the conclusion that they're going to play football in one month and it's it's been crazy. I never thought I'd see the day where two power conferences would announce that they're postponing football for a season and moving into the spring. And then the next day, another power conference would come out and say, "Well, here's our schedule. We're playing." Um, it's uh, you know it's been very very interesting to monitor behind the scenes. I was chatting with my wife on Sunday night, and I said, based told her based on my intel, I was 90 95 percent sure there wasn't going to be a Big 12 football season in the fall and they were going to follow the the big 10 and the pac 12 but then somewhere you know along the way in just 48 hours or so enough things happened that people started to change their minds they started to feel a little bit better about things and lo and behold uh you know just like a roller coaster going the other way um all of a sudden most of the schools the big 12 were in favor of playing and comfortable with doing it with increased safety protocols and everything like that so it's it's been a very interesting journey point but hey now Kansas State fans can start pointing toward Arkansas State and every uh, on September 12th as their home opener and every other school in the Big 12 can do the same with their teams and yeah we're moving forward at least for now you're right about the timing it was it was it was late last week I think that the MAC was the first conference to announce it wasn't going to have a fall season and that shook that that shook the um, the college football or the college landscape because uh, that that took away, um, you know, non-conference opponents for some Big Ten schools, and that meant, uh oh, something. You know, if, if we remember how it went at, during the NCAA tournament, when um, how quickly the dominoes fell when one conference said it was going wasn't going to play or finish its conference tournament, it just in a matter of a couple of days, they were all off, and then the NCAA tournament was off, and there was some speculation that that's how it might go here with college football. Word got out over the weekend that the Big Ten was seriously considering shutting down, and if the Big Ten did, then certainly the Pac-12 would as well. They're tied at the hip, those conferences, not just with the Rose Bowl, but in a lot of philosophical ways. And then um, then Monday hit, and, and, uh, and it was I think it was the Detroit Free Press that reported, as it turns out, probably jumped the gun on this, but they weren't eventually weren't wrong that the Big Ten was going to shut down. It happened officially on Tuesday, 
along with the Pac-12. But you're right. There was some kind of some pushback from the other conferences. I think the ACC, the SEC especially, were saying, look, that's, um, you know, that your, your medical people are, we respect them, but our medical people are telling us that it will be okay to play. And I think that a couple things that happened was the, the players pushed back on Sunday, especially Trevor Lawrence and uh, Justin Fields. I think that had a lot to do with it. And then the Duke doctor, Dr. Wolf, um, uh, I think he uh, he opened some eyes with his his thoughts about uh, being it being safe to play. And uh, and then here we are today with uh, the Big 12 making it official. We, we knew we knew last night it was going to happen and then they made it official today with a statement that the Big 12 was going to was going to continue. So, football in the land. We didn't know it we didn't know 100% when we talked to Chris Kleiman yesterday, did we? No, we didn't. Um and this whole to show you how crazy this whole scenario has been, you know, it uh seems like almost every step of the last couple of days has reminded a lot of us reporters about 10 years ago when there was conference realignment going on. Every school, every conference it seen was just totally out for themselves with their own agenda. Um, and it's been interesting to see the Big 12 actually make a relatively fast decision here that uh, their fans wanted. You know, time will tell if they can actually play this season or if this was the smart move to move forward. But I would say just based on all the information that was out there that you uh, provided there a moment ago with people saying that, well, there are opinions that, it might be safe to play. And if we put in these measures, we think it can work. You know, I, I bet if you polled uh, big 12 fan bases, I would say the majority would say we at least want to move forward and try to get close to the season before anybody talks about canceling. So it, it's been neat to see the big 12 actually, you know, I know they're probably weren't that influenced by outside opinion. Um, they were probably much more focused on medical opinions and how they can make things safe. But it's interesting to see the Big 12 for the first time in a long time actually come out and make a decisive choice that people like and want. It's, <laughs> it's, it's weird. There's actually like, you know, the sense of momentum in the conference right now. Yeah, it, it was uh, all eyes were on the Big 12 on, on Tuesday uh, for several hours because after the, after the, uh, the Big 10 and Pac-12 made their moves and the ACC and the SEC put out statements saying that they continue to plan to uh, have fall sports – the, the one Power Five conference that had not been heard from was the Big 12, and everybody in the country was looking at the Big 12, and you saw on social media encouragement from around the country um, for, for the Big 12. What I saw mostly was for them to play and to continue the season. and um, uh, But to be honest with you, I, I wasn't sure. I, I just didn't know. Um, you were hearing it, and I was hearing a little bit as well, that there were some schools in the Big 12 that were a little bit skeptical about going forward and, and wanted to get more information. And it, I, there, I, I'm sure it wasn't everybody on the same page, I don't think, in the board of directors meetings. So, yeah, uh, there had for, to be- for sure, especially, you know, coming into the week. Uh, I don't want to, you know, name names or anything, but I can say at least three, maybe even four schools at the beginning of the week were on the uh, cancel side of the debate. And um, it, it took, you know, this wasn't like a realignment situation where Texas or OU could come to the table and say, look, boys, this is what we want. And this is what we're doing. Uh, they listened to everybody. Everybody had a bo- voice. But the more they talked, those schools came over to the other side. And I'm, I'm not saying that it was completely unanimous. I'm sure there are still schools out there who think it might be wise not to play. But they got they got the majority that they wanted. They changed enough minds. And uh, yeah, 
things, uh, politics at work within the conference, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Word did not get uh, out when when uh, we didn't hear from the from both sides, I guess is the way to put it, uh, on Monday and Tuesday when uh, when there were some meetings going on. So, you know, the other the other thing that I, I that that occurred to me, uh, Callis, and, and I heard this from from Chris Kleiman during his Zoom conference on Tuesday, and I and I heard it again from Bob Bowlesby today, is that when the when the um, when the athletes student athletes reported back this summer. In June, uh, you remember um, the school that you cover, the Wildcats, had their little mini outbreak, right? Up to 14 players had tested positive, and and that was happening in different at different programs throughout the country as they were starting to come back. Clemson, LSU, Texas, Baylor, you know the the list is uh, long of schools that were having small outbreaks of of coronavirus, and um, and I think the fact that the the uh, the tests subsequent tests. And, uh, you know, in, in July and into August uh, were positive, not positive, but the news was positive. And it, it's almost as if this, the, the programs uh, learned a hard lesson or the players and the athletes heard, learned a hard lesson when they got back to school about social distancing and mask wearing and all the precautions that you're supposed to take while the uh, while this virus is still out there. And, and, and I think that might have had an influence on the decision that the Big 12 made. Yeah, I thought uh, Kansas State linebacker Justin Hughes put it really well yesterday. He said that basically after those initial hiccups where uh, Kansas State did have a team outbreak because um, a few players decided they wanted to get together with friends outside the team and play video games, another friend decided to have a party at the lake with friends outside the team. Um, after those initial decisions and they what, when they saw what happened can happen, uh, when you you know go out and have parties and stuff like that, they put their heads back together and looked at what the NFL, I'm sorry, the NBA and uh, MLS are doing with their bubbles and kind of said, you know, we got to take this more seriously. And Justin yesterday when he was talking said that basically preseason camp feels a lot like a bubble. Um, he said they, they show up, you know, at 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning. They're at the facility all day. They don't go home until late. There's not other students around. Um, while there's certainly not, you know, 24 hour surveillance from coaches and administrators like there is in the NBA out in Orlando, um, they're self-policing each other. There's not a whole lot of time to go out and do things that would put themselves at risk and they're taking it super seriously. And as long as they can keep doing that, I think at least internally, they feel like they've got a shot to pull this off. Well, and that's, what's going to have to happen, right? With the, with the, when the season starts and, and while I'm thinking about it, how about, give us some dates again. When, when is the, uh, the first game with, against Arkansas state for, for the Wildcats? September 12th at home in Manhattan will be the season opener against Arkansas state, the replacement game for uh, all three Buffalo, North Dakota, <laughs> and Vanderbilt falling through a matter of yeah. few days. And, and to show you how crazy this whole week was, is I remember, um, so Saturday morning I was when the Mac canceled and the Missouri Valley camp the Missouri Valley conference canceled and everything like that. So at that point I was planning on basically spending my day kind of digging up what, what schools they might play, even though I'd heard that it was probably going to be Arkansas state, but uh, move was traveling. News was traveling so fast that it looked like there might not be football at all. I kind of scrapped that and started looking at other things. Um, but it, anyways, back to the topic. Yeah. Um, it's come full circle. They're going to start there. And then two weeks later, they're going to start at Oklahoma uh, for their big 12 opener. Wait, you, so you're telling me Kansas State is actually going to start a league opener on the road? <laughs> a shocker, I know. 
Yeah, uh, that didn't go unnoticed, I'm sure, by the by the K State faithful. Uh, it happens a lot. They do get uh, texts at home on Senior Day, though. So okay, that's that a good deal. Okay, so anyway, a roundabout way of me trying to get at the point that once classes start, and there will be some students back on campus, and it, there'll be some virtual, but there also will be students back on campus, which means establishments will be open. Um, it really is going to be uh, the responsibility of these players to, we'll see how much they want to play college football because now they had a taste of what happens when uh, they, they don't take precautions and follow the rules. And, and, uh, and we saw what happened over the summer. We'll see what happens now that uh, uh, if, if they, it's just going to be a college football season where you can't act like a student that wants to blow off some steam or do the things that, that you know, that's part of the right of being a college student, going out and having fun and, uh, and being in large groups and being together, not if you want to have a college football season. You just can't have that. Yeah, it's it's wild to think about. You know, normally when you go into games, really the two things you're looking at are coaching and talent. Um, I think this year discipline, player discipline, is going to be every bit as important, if not more, because, you know, this season might not be so much about who's the best. It might be about who's the smartest and who can keep their most players healthy and who can make it through a season most unscathed. Right. Okay. All right, Kellis. Uh, appreciate you spending some time with us. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, you will hear from Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, who took some questions uh, today in a, in a uh, media setting. So, Kellis, thanks for joining us. Yeah, anytime, Blair. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We have spent a, a, a week, uh, and, and really it's a culmination of the last five months, uh, trying to ascertain the, the best path forward. Uh, we've we've done that mostly talking to our student athletes and talking to uh, healthcare professionals and, and scientists that are that are working in COVID research and care. Uh, we uh, have evolved over time. There isn't any question about that. Uh, we're we're learning more all the time, uh, and yet there's much we don't know. Um, what we do know is that. Uh, um, Testing is the best way to um, uh, intersect early after infection, and that uh, we uh, we need to do a rigorous uh, testing regimen. Um, we we know that uh, there can be complications with this virus, and so uh, positives have to be dealt with very carefully, and uh, follow up and, and return to play has to be uh, carefully managed and and uh, appropriately uh, diagnosed. And uh, and I think what we've heard from our student athletes is they like to play, 
but they want to make sure it's safe. Uh, they want to know what the eligibility implications are, and they want to know that their financial aid is secure. And um, we have uh, made every attempt to answer those things. Uh, some are still in progress as a result of, of NCAA council considerations. But uh, uh, generally speaking, I, I think we've been able to make progress and provide information, and, and I feel very good about uh, where we are at the present time. Uh, the board heard from doctors that have comprised our uh, conference medical committee uh, and have advised us over the, the past uh, months and weeks. We have uh, also assembled on a weekly basis a, uh, a representative group of, of doctors and researchers and scientists uh, from each of the A5 conferences, uh, two, uh, two people from each league and, and really uh, a, a star-studded group with some of the foremost uh, experts in this area uh, in infectious diseases uh, in the entire world. And so we feel like we, uh, through the combination, have gotten good advice. Uh, last evening we had a, a team from the University of Kansas that was uh, was very helpful in, in helping the board think through uh, the issues. We also had a representative uh, from the Mayo Clinic that uh, works in genetic cardiology and, uh, that uh, provided some very helpful information. And, and obviously the, the conversations with student-athletes uh, are, are always uh, very helpful and, and provide insights that uh, we definitely need. Uh, as Bob mentioned, there is a media release out that includes our uh, conference schedule. Uh, they, the, each of our schools will uh, be having one more non-conference game. Uh, those opponents will all be expected to adhere to uh, Big 12 uh, testing standards and, and uh and uh, that would be the, the week before they play the game. And so uh, we feel like uh, we're, we're fully as well prepared as we can be at this time uh, to move forward. We, we plan to do what we have always done, and uh, we've been doing it since April, and that is uh, on the advice of doctors uh, moving forward slowly, uh, constantly reevaluating what we're doing, uh, making small corrections. And, uh, and looking for uh, challenges that, uh, that we, uh, in one way or another, can't meet. And so uh, we have been able to put one foot forward uh, and, and then follow it with another. And uh, we've, we've gotten to this point. I, I personally wanted to see us get to this point in August so that we could uh, have a look at what preseason camp looked like and uh, to, to see uh, what we might have learned to do uh, as we went along. And, and, you know, frankly, we found that what we thought was golden uh, 60 days ago is, is garbage today and uh, there's uh, it's a, an ever evolving environment and we will find ourselves uh, with uh, with uh, bumpy spots during the fall there is any doubt about that uh, but uh, I think we're very well prepared to deal with those things and uh, so I, I feel good about the decision going forward I believe our, our board feels good about it and um, and I think uh, most importantly, uh, we uh, we have some clarity uh, for our uh, our coaches and our student athletes. And there's a difference between clarity and certainty. I, I don't think we have certainty in this environment, but we we have 
have uh, been able to get some clarity. So let me stop there and I'll be happy to address your questions. Okay, your first question comes from the line of Robert Allen. Sir, please state your outlet and your question. Yes, Robert Allen with uh, Sports Illustrated Maven and the Oklahoma State Cowboy Radio Network. Uh, Commissioner Bowlesby, let me ask you first, uh, how, how, how'd the vote go? If there was a vote last night, is this uh, something right now that's somewhat tenuous, or was it more overwhelming that the board of directors wanted to move forward? Uh, we don't we don't ever characterize uh, the discussions or the votes in the room, Robert. But uh, the uh, uh, we we feel very good about the vote and about the the, the sense of the meeting and the, uh, the the progression to the decision that we got. And so um, you know I, I don't think it uh, is appropriate to to characterize what individuals said or or uh, what occurred within the room. But uh, uh, it's to say that the uh, the board is comfortable with where we are. One follow-up medically. You've talked a lot about the consultants you've used that the NFL shares at Duke, and I know another Duke epidemiologist, Cameron Wolf, uh, advised the ACC about going forward. What's the latest, and, and when was the latest you consulted with your group of doctors that are centered out of Duke? Uh, well, Dr. Chris Hosler is on our all of our medical calls and so uh he uh he was on last night uh he he meets with us with great regularity and and dr wolf is one of dr hostler's colleagues at at uh, duke and uh he also is one of the uh, representatives that meets with the a5 group so i've uh, i've met extensively with dr wolf over the course of uh of the five months, he's uh, he's well known. He's a he's a top uh, uh, infectious disease uh, physician, and uh, and I, as I said, a a, a colleague of, of our consultant. So um, he's uh, he's very very well respected, and uh, uh, so we're very familiar with him. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Todd Lebo. Please state your outlet, sir. Todd Lebo, Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. Commissioner, I know you mentioned it in your, your opening remark that, you know, what, what was great news 60 days ago could be garbage today. The Big Ten put their schedule out and then six days later canceled the entire thing. I guess what's your confidence level? You know, I don't, you don't want to say an exact percentage probably, but how good do you feel that this is going to at least get started for your, for your conference? Well, I feel good about it. Um, it. It's hard to handicap those kinds of things because, um, you know, if, if anybody is around that tells you that they can accurately forecast what's going to happen with the virus, uh, they're they're delusional. Um, even the, even the best scientific minds uh, are are uh, unable to forecast with precision. But the, having having acknowledged that. I feel good about where we are simply because we have good practices in place. And, um, and I think the other thing is during the preseason camp is about as close to a bubble as you're going to get with, with uh, college students. Uh, you, you, it's different than professional athletes. You're not going to lock them down in a hotel. 
and uh, sequester them from families and, and the like. Uh, it, it's just a different task, both in terms of its uh, um, the intricacies and the scale. Uh, they're just we just have a lot more people involved than um, than professional athletes. So um, the uh, the preseason camp where they're you know they're they're all staying together, they're eating together, they're training together, they're in, in team meetings together. Um, it's important that we do the right things with regard to social distancing and wearing masks and washing hands and disinfecting uh, facilities and the like. But it's also a, uh, a, a good environment. And what you're seeing, uh, we, we had uh, a, a number of uh, various size outbreaks when students, uh, student athletes first returned to campus. Uh, now we have several of our teams that haven't had a, a positive test in, in weeks. So, you know, I, I do think that uh, within the athletics facilities, uh, we, can, we can do a really good job. And I think a, a lot of, of the success of teams during this season going forward and, and a lot of how many potholes we fall into um, has to do with uh, whether or not um, young people can discipline themselves to, you know, not, not go to uh, parties where there are hundreds of kids in close contact and, and not be in crowded restaurants and, and the like. Uh, and, you, you know, you can't stop living your life, but uh, you also have to be smart about um, putting yourself in risky situations. If I could just quickly follow up, University of Nebraska is a former Big 12 member, and they've expressed yesterday that they wanted to play football. Have you had any contact at all at the conference level with anyone from the University of Nebraska about getting involved in any way? I know you guys already have your schedule out, but did they reach out in any way about playing some football games against Big 12 teams? They have not. Our next question comes from the line of Dennis Dodd. Hi, can you hear me? I can, Dennis. Good morning. Good morning. Um, two questions real quick. How, how important uh, about settling the eligibility question right now? I know conferences are going to cover scholarships, but the uncertainty over eligibility right now, how important is that to, to getting an extra year? Yeah, I, I think uh, our advocacy is going to be for just as liberal a treatment of eligibility issues as is possible. Uh, the NCAA Council is going to uh, deal with it uh, today and then again next week and make a recommendation to the Board of Directors. And I expect that uh, we will get some clarity. Now, you know, I, I think it's probably unrealistic to think that you're going to play nine games and if we got disrupted at the very end of the season that, that you're going to get a whole year back but you're, you're, it's probably also in this environment unrealistic to think that the, the four game redshirt rule is necessarily what prevails and so you know that that's what young people are wanting to know is hey, if I start this season and we get five games in and can't play anymore I've lost the second half of my season I've lost my postseason
that they can continue to go to school. So, you know, the, the, the safety, eligibility, and financial aid are the three areas where student athletes really want, uh, want some questions answered, and, and we're, we're making good progress to do that, and I think they're going to have those answers well before the season starts. Um, also, do you expect to play for birth in the college football playoffs since um, I think there are 50-something teams playing in the spring now? Uh, yeah, well, maybe playing in the spring. Right. But, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, we we have a, a CFP call next week, and, I, and we'll obviously uh, talk about this, but... Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a while into the season before all of that's resolved, Dennis. We we just are gonna have to have to wait and see. Um, you know, there there probably isn't any obvious reason why it couldn't work to to continue to try and play a postseason. But you know, you're also looking at a December January time frame that's right in the in the heart of the virus season. So um, I, I just think it's. Uh, too early. We're going to have to be patient and, and uh, wait and see what happens before we can answer those questions. Do you think it'd be possible to award two champions, one in the fall, one in the spring? Well, I think you'd, you'd ask the logical question whether either one of them is actually a champion. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the question. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, it's a good question, but it's unanswered at this point. Okay. All right, thank you. That will do it for today. Thanks to the production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette, who stopped by to talk K-State and the Big 12. Links to his stories and others about K-State and the Big 12 can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are 47 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account kansascity.com slash subscribe that's account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening we'll be back on thursday with a new episode